You're listening to the Sage Hill Podcast with Dr. Chip Dodd. Sage Hill is a social impact organization that helps people see who they are made to be so they can do what they're made to do. In this podcast, Chip sits down with Stephen James to discuss his new book, The Needs of the Heart. To learn more, visit sagehillresources.com. You know, I um, honestly, I'm sharing what I found and I'm sharing what I was given. I did not know that needs were what they were. I touch on that in this book. But let me tell you, 1980 something, a therapist asked me what I needed. And I remember looking at her and saying, in my mind, going through like how to answer her based on what I had been taught. I didn't know how to ask myself the question. I didn't even know how to touch what that even meant. But I, I knew how to try to do it right. And really that said so much more than me being able to answer. It showed how delayed, how removed, how far from how I was created I had become. Because I answered her, I thought, okay, Maslow, self-actualization. I went through that in my mind because I'd read that in college or high school. And so I wanted to make sure I answered correctly. So I said food, water, shelter, clothing, those are my needs. Like you thought she was quizzing you about neediness. Like, what do you need? Yeah. Clothing, shelter. Well, and I thought, also I felt this dawning kind of fear. I don't know how to answer you. And because I don't know what needs are. Because she had asked me before, what do you do for fun? And I said, uh, work, lift, lift weights. And she looked at me like strangely, like, you know, work out. I did that oh, for fun. And I'm like, After how? doing a hard day at work, yeah, yeah, yeah. home and work. Well, yeah, because, you know, I would pour concrete. And a day wasn't complete years ago unless I had gone home and run two or three miles. Like, this is sometimes just, like, got to be strong in mind, body, and spirit. And in my mind, I, mind, body, and spirit was the whole human being. Crucial yeah. word missing, heart. Yeah. Mind, body, spirit, and no heart. And I thought that was strength, so I did not know. So I answered her, and I said, everything that follows food, water, shelter, and clothing is a luxury. I consider those wants or just uh, things we can appreciate. Everything else is icing on the cake. I was so arrogant mm. without meaning to be, so much arrogance wrapped up in shame, so much uh, attempting to perform and do it right, wrapped up in fear and so much antipathy, which is, a, a, frankly, a, a self-hatred of that which I did not know was in me, that is neediness, because neediness equaled failure, failure equaled rejection, rejection equaled having nowhere to go, and I wasn't ever going to be that person again. I, had, I did not know that. I had forgotten that. So I answered her question, and then sort of some years rolled by, and I, let's just say I get better. It, there's an, an awakening. But the awakening was to needs, neediness. I did not know until I got into recovery of my own heart, honestly, that needs are things that have to be fulfilled or we will uh, experience a living death. 
a survival without life. It's a zombie life. Well, it is a zombie life no matter how much we look great. If we stop and ask ourselves, are you okay? If we can compare our outside worlds, we go, yeah. But if we ask ourselves the question, and if we're not in touch with needs and neediness, we can't say, yeah, I'm okay, because we're not. Because we're not able to truly connect with ourselves, others, and God. And we know, you and I know, that human being, the food, the nourishment of a human being, really is relationship. I mean, it really is belonging and mattering with another human being knowing I can be myself with you and I won't wind up in, you know, terrible rejected situations. It's, it's just amazing. So anyway, I discovered that needs were predominantly emotional and relational, not physical, not so much even biological, although those are real, very, very real. But, but we're not just biological creatures. No, we, we, we are emotional, spiritual creatures housed in biology. And a child will starve to death, so to speak, in need of belonging and mattering to a parent. In the name of what must I do to belong to you, to be accepted as I am, and to matter to you, to be appreciated for what I bring, I will literally starve to death without complaint. And you'll hear stories, though, the most horrific stories we can't even imagine. You've heard about a child. Remember, there was a, even locally, there was a child that had been chained downstairs in these people's house and yeah, when they cool. found him he weighed 70 pounds do you remember that yeah he was like a fifth grader or a sixth yeah. grade do you remember and what i'm saying is that was a literal expression stephen and this is where you, you know people listening might kind of bump up against this like come on that's ridiculous but that was a literal expression of how many of us physically exist and survive we're chained within hidden within obedient on the outside, doing what we're told, trying to uh, seek the approval of others, trying to belong, trying not to complain. It, which led me to a place of thinking that needs were food, water, shelter, and clothing, everything else I needed to be grateful for, and I had no, no, I had no need to... Strength was not needing to be touched. It sounds like you're saying our needs, which are the first two needs in the book, belonging and matter, yeah. our needs to belong and matter are so strong in order to belong and matter, we'll kill off our neediness. Yes. I mean, you, you think about some of the most unreasonable positions people put themselves in. Yeah. You, you, and, of course, we're not really talking about it yet, but a person who savages other people, let's say starts a gang, and they harm other people, that actually is ironically and even tragically understandable. And I'm not talking about there being no consequences by understanding people, but but to understand that the need to belong and the need to matter is so powerful, people will kill to belong in a group. Yeah. And you think about that when you start... So Nazism took off, exactly. gang violence. Yeah. yeah. Or a person who is in denial of their needs will wind up in situations and do things unconstantably, like without consciousness. So without recognition of our own needs, we don't even have our own consciousness. Well, frankly put, no. Wow. So we talk about belonging and matter. I'm going to go through some of the needs. Okay, you can okay. touch on them a little bit. Uh, security. That's another one you talk about. Yeah. Can, can you talk about the need for security? Security is uh, paradoxical because security is a place, literally sometimes physically a place, but really it's a place we can go where the people are there and God yeah. or God and people or people without God, but 
God will be there anyway, or a place where we're with ourselves where you could be insecure. Security is a place you go to be able to sort of come apart without falling to pieces yeah. because people are there to contain you. We all so, need that. For example, yeah, yeah, a place I can go where everybody knows my name and I can be myself. You, cheers. Cheers, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's a whole show built on the need for security. A whole show like when you walk in, hey, you know, Cliffy or whoever. Yeah. You know. But the truth yeah. is I was drawn here because everybody knows my name. Yeah, yeah. Need for touch. Yeah, the need for touch. I mean, it's, it's, it's actually food. I mean, that say uh, somebody actually pats you on the arm. Like uh, emotional food. Yeah, that, that, that somebody simply lays a hand on your shoulder when you're at a point of need mm. and, and loneliness and sadness and somebody touches your shoulder. Something in you is a need of the heart is met by a touch on the shoulder that says, I am here, I am with you, and if that's absorbed into your heart, you're no longer as alone and you're no longer as afraid. Though you may still have the sadness, you may still have the struggle, but by not being alone means you're supported. And therefore, if you're supported, that you might make it and that somebody's with you while you can't. Mm. One touch touch. on the shoulder. I'm going to read through some of the other needs. So I'm going to run through them, and I want you to then pick up a couple and talk about them. Uh, Okay. So there's the need for grief, the need for attention, the need for sexuality, the need for guidance, the need for accomplishment, the need for support. I just you have 14 needs here. Yeah, Man, and there are more. There's there's more than the 14 you put in the book. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. But yeah. What but, about that? Well, why did you leave some out? Well, because they're like needs aren't like feelings. It's like they're 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 more okay. and then more. Uh, but those are very basic, essential, guiding, formative needs. Okay. Yeah. Talk about the need then. I want you here to talk about the need for accomplishment. Ah, I, I tell you, I, I love that one. And by the way, the need to belong and the need to matter have primacy over all the other needs. Mm-hmm. And then all the other needs past belonging and mattering sort of fall in in no specific ordinal or descending order of importance. They all matter, okay? But the need to belong and the need to matter are the essential feeling, essential needs that must be met for a person to be able to be open to the other to needs. The other needs. Okay. Yeah, does that make sense? Make total sense. But listen to what accomplishment is. In our society that denies neediness, now remember neediness is vulnerability to be open, to ask for my own heart to be fed, right? okay? And so neediness is a form of vulnerability, and it's what gives me strength if my needs are met. Mm-hmm. I'm able to pour myself but out. Through to my another. vulnerability, yeah. I become strong, yeah. Yeah. The need for accomplishment in a society that is focused a lot on self-sufficiency, and we've talked before about how our right. society is an addict. Yes. I hope... That's huge. It's all connected. But the need for accomplishment is not the need to achieve. It's not to get the job done. The irony of the need for accomplishment is it's threefold. It's to know your limits. Because if you have a dream of getting something done, all right, and you apply yourself to that goal or that vision or that mission, then you give yourself to it. And then there's a point at which it's marginal diminishing returns. 
It's an economic principle to say that you can continue to apply energy, but your productivity is going down. So you need to stop. So in the world of accomplishment, as you move towards your mission, your goals, your dreams, there's a point at which you've done all you can. So you need to stop. So the first need, the need for accomplishment, the first form, the first part of that is met through knowing when to stop. Secondly, time to stop and celebrate, to look at what was done. You do not compare the completion of the vision with the daily operation. You look at the daily operation and you celebrate what did happen, okay? And then you and I, maybe we're going to do this podcast. You're tired from the day. It's later in the day. There's a certain point where it's like, we're not doing any, any good. <laughs> do you see? Yeah. But we're not at that place right now. But after we're done, it's like, that's it. Let's stop. We're going to celebrate. Like, hey, I enjoyed doing that with you. I'm glad we did it. The, the world hasn't changed, but we, we offered something to the world. Mm -hmm. And then we go home and rest. What do we rest for? So we can get up and accomplish again. Go do that which we're called to do. So to have how a does the need for accomplishment not become performance then? Because it's it, it's an expression of neediness. Like I I can't go any farther, and that puts me in a position to give up your approval and face myself and hope that I will belong and matter and be valuable to you. Even though if I go any farther, it's a mistake. So the accomplishment and Sabbath are so tied together. Accomplishment and daily life are daily Sabbath, even yeah. as crazy it sounds. But now listen, Stephen, it's, it's crazy, but it's know your limits and stop. Celebrate, celebrate what was done, all right, yeah. and rest. And rest. Yeah, but not, not stop and rest and celebrate. Stop and celebrate and rest. What's another one you want to do? Attention. Okay. How about the need for attention? I'm telling you, the need for attention. And, and I get excited about these, Stephen, because I didn't know these. And so what's amazing is I can remember where I was and I can remember what happened and I can remember where I am today. And so I guess the, the, the awareness of heart in my own life uh, sort of awakened me to, well, I want you to know too because I know I lived without it. So don't, even the word neediness yeah. does not have any kind of positive connotation. It equals weak, it, yeah. And, and Stephen, Isaiah 55, 2 and 3, talks very clearly about the currency that God uses. Um, it says, for all of you, and that's a paraphrase, but all of you who, who don't have any money, uh, come to the river and purchase food, that richest food of all that will feed your very soul. And so it sounds like a conflict in terms. It says, if all of you don't have any money, come and buy. Well, what's the, what, what's the currency that I'm expected to bring when I don't have any money? Because it's talking about an, an emotional and spiritual currency. Bring my, bring my neediness. God's currency is our neediness so He can give us food that feeds more than our bodies, but our very souls in reference to our inner beings so that we are full and rich within and rich people Give things away. So how does that what do with attention? Okay, attention is yeah. like attention is something we're trained at the age of eight, twelve, that if you need it, it's a shameful thing. Like, oh, you need some attention? Just hearing that it automatically makes a person go, uh, no, or well yes, and makes them sound like a child. 
But the need for attention really means the need to be tended to. In other words, every person is a pitcher that is made to be filled. A water pitcher. A water not pitcher, a not, pitcher. A, not a baseball pitcher or a picture, <laughs> or a pitcher a southern phrase of picture. But, and then when a person's poured out, they need to be refilled. So attention is the refilling of a person who's poured themselves out so they can go out and end up giving themselves away again. So attention, the older we get, the more mature we become. Frankly put, the more important we become, the more attention we need. Grown-ups need more tending to than even children. Uh, a couple giving attention to each other requires that the husband and or the, the wife is receiving attention from other proper places so they have something to bring home to give to the other person. So, And then if God isn't there, then there's not a great power source of drawing from. Right. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. See, we're made for relationship. Yeah. And if we we're not... relationship through our needs. Yes. And if we're not in relationship, we're not in life, and our children wind up being, frankly, starved. Now, they will become self-sufficient automatons. They can become... Successful. Ro successful, robotically fulfilled. They can do all the right things. And yet, somewhere inside of them, they're asking themselves, I met a guy today who said, my family was great. He's 20-something year, 28-year-old addict. I mean, alcohol, drugs. It's like, I can't live what they keep telling me, and they seem so happy. I said, you mean all those people you're describing to me, I happen to know, all of them are addicts, I said to him. And he goes, I know. I'm like, you know? And he, I said, but you don't believe it. He said, but they tell me they're happy. And they're not drinking addicts, they're control addicts and happy addicts and food addicts and even religious addicts. Normal addicts. They're normal addicts. Yeah. And he compares his life and goes, I'm not like this. Something's wrong with me because I'm miserable. I can't be happy. And he has great emotional depth, but he's so ashamed of it because it makes him needy. It makes him ask other questions they don't ever ask themselves or let them know, let him know they're asking. This is Stephen James, the Executive Director of Sage Hill Counseling. Thanks for listening to the Sage Hill Podcast with Dr. Chip Dodd. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, anxiety, depression, or burnout, please reach out to the Center for Professional Excellence for help. For more than 20 years, CPE's long-term residential treatment programs have been helping professional men recover their lives, marriages, and families. To find out more, visit cpenashville.com. Thank you.